0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: So stop us if you've heard this before, but national talking heads are offering out their advice to lamar jackson for how he should handle himself while recovering from his knee injury
2: yeah and bobby while we had a good back and forth on greg roman earlier this week we're definitely in agreement on our disagreement with the advice that he's getting there is no debate on this and we'll explain why just ahead
1: i'm bobby trossett with sarah ellison it's wednesday december 7th and this is your morning ravens vault
2: As similar as Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley's games are, there are also some key differences, too, that could be helpful to the Ravens' offense as Huntley prepares for the Steelers.
1: Plus, why has Baltimore's ground game been a shell of itself lately?
2: We have all that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. All right, Bobby, not that Lamar Jackson is listening. But former Raven Shannon Sharp and the polarizing Skip Bayless both offered Number 8 some advice. Now that we know he's down for the time being with what Adam Schefter reported Tuesday as a sprained PCL.
1: Right, which often sidelines players anywhere between one to three weeks, so we'll be keeping an eye on that situation, obviously. But Sarah, we've now both listened to Shannon and Skip's segment on Undisputed. And we're absolutely in agreement on the thought that their advice for Lamar is poor and almost in bad taste. Listen to Skip first and then Shannon, who both latch onto this idea that Lamar shouldn't be in any rush back from his injury. I hate to say this, but Lamar should take his sweet time. Yeah. He- he lost his best
3: offensive lineman, the left tackle. He, he lost his best receiver, as you pointed out. He, he lost his best running back, who's still gone, mm-hmm. Dobbins. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins. <sighs> it's tough, man. Yeah. They're hanging in at 8-4, and four, and all of a sudden Cincinnati has also climbed to 8-4. and four. Right. But I'm sure there's going to be some reaction from above in the organization because every time I see Tyler Huntley play, he's pretty he good. Played, he does. He does. And, he, and I thought he
4: The game-winning well. drive was 91 yards, 8 of 8 for 50 yards on third on, on, uh, 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 in the final drive, and he yep. had the you know, game-winning two-yard touchdown. But in this situation, Lamar Jackson has to protect himself from himself because I'm trying to figure out what can Lamar Jackson show them in five games that he hadn't shown them in five years to make him give them this money. So I'm going to rush back out there for what? I've done all this. I've done I mean, you see me win the MVP. you see me win division. You've seen me win your playoff game. And you still wasn't convinced that I'm the guy to take you the loan because you don't want to give me the money that I think I rightfully deserve. Okay, forget what I've done. You don't want to pay me because you should pay a good guy, Skip. You should pay a, play, a player or a person based on what they will do. So if you don't believe I'm worth this, why am I going to go out there and do what? Because I can't convince you in five games. If I haven't convinced you in five years, it's kind of like in a relationship, Skip. You know what you say? Well, Shanna, you need, well if, if the person hadn't done it in 10 years,
5: Mm-mm.
4: what do you mean? They, you will get them three months to do the change, to change their behavior. Yep. They ain't not changed the behavior in 10 years. Ravens, right, you had not seen enough Lamar Jackson in five years. So you need more convincing. You need five more games. If I just see five more games, Lamar, then I think I have a good understanding of what you can and can't do, and I think I'd be willing to do this deal. So, look, he's only missed four games in his career. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm going to protect me from me because right now I'm not under contract. What makes me dangerous, what makes me Lamar Jackson, is from waist down. Yes, I can throw. I've shown you I've improved throwing the football. I still need me a number one receiver. Mm -hmm. Bateman was doing pretty good, but he goes down. That's notwithstanding. So with that, Mm -hmm. Skip, nah. Uh, Lamar, take my little time. Get on back there. I'm Mm going to be 100% healthy because that's what, hey, y'all was jerking around with my money. Mm -hmm. It is what it is.
2: And Bobby, at first, they both sound super convincing, but then you realize their argument and their advice it's actually based off of a false premise.
1: They're basically acting like the Ravens want Lamar to prove to them over the next five regular season games that he's worth his asking price. I don't think that's the case given that they already reportedly offered the highest average dollars per year to Lamar and the highest guaranteed money at signing of any QB besides obviously the outlier, Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. Even higher than Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray. So the Ravens are clearly already convinced they have their guy in house. It wasn't a lack of resume that prevented a deal getting done. Aside from a Super Bowl title, number eight is one of the most decorated, accomplished QBs in today's NFL. The two sides weren't able to reach a contract extension because of fully guaranteed money. And that's what Shannon and Skip seem to be glossing over here.
2: Right. Exactly, Bobby. Remember this exchange Lamar had with Rich Eisen earlier this season?
1: Did you ever have a conversation
4: with Steve Bashotti, the famed conversation Steve had with uh, with Joe Flacco, the guy who was there when you got drafted, where you said, hey, look, you know, go in the Super Bowl and, I'm, and, and tell me to put the bag on the table and I'll do that. Did you have a conversation with the owner of the Ravens on that front? At all, no, no, I have it no, I have. It.
2: <laughs> so I bring this up because everyone keeps looking at this Lamar situation as if it's the Flacco situation all over again. But Bashadi did need to see more from Flacco before he made him the highest paid quarterback. But with Lamar, he's already offered the highest value per year, so he's already convinced. And that's why I honestly wonder, Bobby, even if Lamar and the Ravens were to go on and win a Super Bowl this season? Would Steve Bashadi change his mind? Now, Simply put, Bashadi and the Ravens are refusing to lay down and set a new league-wide president when it comes to fully guaranteed money with contracts. They feel strongly that Deshaun Watson's deal in Cleveland was and is an outlier, which came out of an organizational desperation. That's why giving advice to Lamar to milk this injury and take a sweet time is really based on a faulty premise. It's not about proving anything. It's about this president that Bashadi doesn't want to start on his team, no matter who the player is.
1: Okay, so let me kind of bring this thing back full circle. I can't figure out for the life of me why Lamar would want to lollygag on his way back from this knee setback. As we tape this episode, the Ravens sit atop the AFC North, interlocked with Cincinnati, And obviously, they own the tiebreaker for the moment. Remember what happened last year when eight was sidelined? Baltimore lost its last six games, the final four of which were without Lamar. And of course, they were eliminated from postseason contention as a result. Sarah, he could cost himself a postseason run by following the advice of two talking heads who speak incredibly confidently, yet sometimes they do so without thoroughness.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think that's actually a really good point. I mean, eight and four and the top of the division in December, it doesn't come around often, especially when everything's not even clicking. It would be dumb to take that position for granted. We saw what happened in 2020. We saw what happened in 2021, as you just explained, after an unreal 2019 run. You never know what tomorrow brings. So you take advantage of the opportunities you have. So there is one talking head, who we don't always agree with, and that's ESPN Stephen A. Smith. But I actually thought he made a great point, which again reaffirms the argument we're making here regarding the importance of Lamar returning as soon as he is healthy.
0: I don't know about anybody else, but you talk about a quarterback that I wish my Pittsburgh Steelers had. It's this kid Tyler Huntley. I like him. Yeah, me too. I like him a lot. Your yeah. has got me skills, too. and I think that right. people are sleeping on what he's capable of That's doing if you, if, if you do some things. So let's say for the sake of argument, right, that they win games with Huntley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no question he's not Lamar Jackson. There's no question he's not better than Lamar Jackson. But if you're the Baltimore Ravens and you're trying to make a business decision and you're winning games without Lamar Jackson, suddenly – What he had over your head coming into negotiations months ago, Mm -hmm. those conditions no longer exist.
1: So not only would he be losing his leverage in this scenario, Sarah, but he'd also technically be holding out, given his contract status. And that's something, that window of opportunity... Is something that Hall of Famer Michael Irvin thinks is come and gone.
4: We've passed that now because he came into training camp and he had his responsibility to the other players now. If he wanted to take that position, he should have done that prior to training camp, and I wouldn't have had any problem with it. I'm with you on that. Put their feet to the fire. Stop making them put your feet to the fire. Stop talking about... Well, I'm gonna go in a season and not think about my contract. But then I gotta sit on this desk and see what I see and say, I haven't seen any of those dynamic runs. I don't see them like I used to see them because I don't see them like I used to see them because in my mind you are thinking about your contract. So I wish you would have gotten that. Out the way lamar got he deserves every dime he's going to get it's just a matter about how how you're going about getting it i want him back to full thinking about football and us seeing his greatness and he's only going to do that when his contract's out of the way
1: so i just want to be clear here sarah before we wrap topic one we're not even remotely coming close to suggesting that lamar is considering a holdout type of situation given his injury we're simply responding to skip and shannon's Reckless counsel.
2: And still to come here on The Vault, how Tyler Huntley can help the offense find its rhythm again.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: So we usually hear about how similar Lamar and Tyler Huntley's styles are as quarterbacks, and hey, they are pretty similar. The beauty of it is that the Ravens don't have to change up their offensive style when Lamar goes down. We've seen that over the last two seasons now. The entire playbook is still open to the offense, but at the end of the day, they are still two different quarterbacks, partner.
2: Yeah, they are. And as we turn our attention to the upcoming rivalry showdown in Pittsburgh, you better believe Mike Tomlin and his coaching staff are keying in on those differences as they try to implement a game plan to specifically stop Huntley. So let's break those differences down, starting with the threat they both pose with their legs. Now, obviously, Lamar is much better than Huntley because he's actually probably the best ever to do it. Now, that said... As we saw against the Broncos, Huntley picked up first downs with his legs, whether it was on scrambles or designed runs. He also scored the game-winning touchdown with a strong push up the middle. So while Huntley's rushing threat isn't as big as Lamar's, it's still a threat that the Steelers will have to account for. And a bigger threat than most QBs in this league. Which brings us to their passing styles. Let's turn to the NFL live crew on ESPN, starting with Mina Kimes.
3: I think it depends a little bit on the competition. Uh, You know, the drive we saw, the game winner, that's kind (laughs) of what you're going to see out of Tyler Huntley. Uh, It's kind of death by a thousand cuts. The ball is coming out quick. He's hitting outside the numbers. He's throwing a lot into the flats. He's very good against the blitz. Good decision maker. That said, you're not going to see those wow plays. He's not going to push the ball downfield. And I think going forward, Dan, we're going to see teams. They, get, they face the Steelers twice, by the way, who play a lot of man coverage. We're going to see more teams playing man coverage against Tyler Huntley, certainly than they would against Lamar because point. the threat of his legs. I think they're going to sit on those routes, and it's going to be a little bit harder for him going forward because as good as Denver was, they came into that game expecting to play good Lamar point. Jackson.
1: Death by a thousand cuts. That's a pretty good description from Mia there on Huntley. That's exactly how he led the offense on that 91-yard game-winning drive against the Broncos last weekend. Sarah, that drive took 16 plays that featured seven first downs, including two on fourth down with no single play that went more than 13 yards, pretty surgical.
2: Yeah, right. And we talked about how quickly Huntley gets the ball out compared to Lamar, and that's because he's more of a timing and rhythm-based passer, whereas Lamar is often looking to make a home run play, right? And since the offense has been clunky and out of sync for really, it's been weeks now, Dan Orlovsky thinks Huntley's style might actually be good for the Ravens offense for right now.
3: I would tell you that the Ravens offense, and I've talked about this for the past couple weeks, it's it's lacked so much in the past game when it comes to timing and rhythm and spacing. You saw it again yesterday early on. Just the lack of where is everybody supposed to be and, and like the windows that you want throws to be in. And Lamar and this offense have really struggled with ever since Rashad Bateman being out. Well, Huntley brings a little bit more of that. I'd be honest with you. Just Like, uh, maybe the simplicity of the operation, the I'm just going to get the ball out of my hands. I'm not so dependent on trying to go create a big play because Mm. he's not nearly the athlete and the dynamic player that Lamar is. So for the stuff that is lacking in their offense, at least from maybe the quarterback spot right now, Huntley might be able to increase Mm. that production or performance just a little bit with his mindset of, I don't have to do it all on my own.
2: And Marcus Spears agreed with Orlovsky and added two great phrases that I think helps differentiate their styles to a T.
4: I look at this favorably. Um, I thought he, I thought last year Tyler Huntley did a solid job of coming in and covering for Lamar Jackson. Remember, with Lamar Jackson was lost for a few games last year. I also think their schedule helps as well, right? Like, yeah. the Baltimore Ravens have to figure out a way to win these games, and they should because they're the better team. Like, they're, they're playing with a competent guy that understands this the greatest thing about having tyler huntley in this particular situation against these teams is that you don't have to change anything right like i know people get like even you dan i'm I'm listening to you and you got to be careful to say that he's not better than lamar or these versions of tyler huntley and what he brings to the baltimore ravens is not better than lamar in a sense it is because
3: stuff that might be better just now
4: He won't go, a a little analogy, he won't go for the kill shots. Right. Right? Lamar will. But he'll matriculate. Yeah. And at times when he's needed on third and seven to use his legs, he's very capable capable of of extending those drives.
3: Lamar Lamar is in this world where, like, I got to be Superman. 100%. Tyler's not going to think that way because he's not. He's not. Because he's incapable of doing it to the way that Lamar is.
2: Yeah, Bobby, I thought Spears nailed it when he said that Lamar will go for the kill shot while Huntley will matriculate. That's a good way to differentiate the two. And Bobby, while I wish Lamar was going to be out there Sunday because he gives Baltimore the best shot at winning, maybe if Huntley succeeds, he can show that some of the pressure can be taken off of Lamar and show to Lamar that he doesn't need to be the hero each and every single play. Kind of like what Marcus Peters was saying last week, you know, it's just, It's just too much pressure on one player. And this idea isn't too dissimilar from the way the offense looked when Mark Andrews went down. Obviously, you want Andrews on the field. But when he wasn't there, Lamar spread the ball around more to other targets. It turned out that guys other than Andrew could get open and make catches. And maybe by spreading that pressure around to more shoulders, perhaps it will give this offense a rhythm again and, but that'll obviously take both Lamar and Greg Roman calling those plays to get a timing, a rhythm back, and not just a kill shot. Bobby, we all know the Ravens' bread and butter has been far from their actual bread and butter lately.
1: Yeah, Sarah, Baltimore's ground game is stuck in neutral, having averaged just 3.7 yards on designed runs, excluding scrambles, since their bye week Now, Harbaugh was asked about his designed run game on Monday, and he didn't seem too enthused with the question.
5: What's happening with the design of the run game? Yeah. Like, I don't really have really any comment fun. on the design of the run game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean we just, we're going to keep fighting to try to, try to break them. I, I, I promise you that people are spending a lot of time defending them in practice and working on them and making sure they've got a good scheme up for them. So, you know, that's just going to be back and forth. Uh, we can run the ball. There's no doubt. Everybody knows we can run the ball. Uh, and They'll prepare to stop our run, you know, and um, we want to be able to run the ball. It was a grind yesterday. There's no question. Run game, pass game, every aspect of what we're doing. Pass protection was a big grind yesterday. It was all a grind, you know, and uh, we only scored 10 points. You know, that's something you got to look at, but it was tough, and we needed 10, and we got 10, you know, so I'm happy about that and try to get as many as we need to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh this week. That's what we're going to try to do. I'm really confident we can do it, and uh, we're going to believe in our run game for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about that, so – We'll look at all the little intricacies of it, game planning wise, and uh, come up with the best plan we can and try to execute it the best, you know, and let it rip.
2: Now, run game execution should get a much needed boost when Ronnie Stanley returns to the lineup because Bobby... Without their star left tackle, Greg Roman's offense just doesn't function at the level we've grown accustomed to watching in the Lamar Jackson era.
1: And the numbers back that statement up, partner. Entering the Broncos game last weekend, and this is excluding Lamar Jackson runs, by the way, Baltimore was averaging 118 rush yards on 23 rush attempts per game with Ronnie out there. Without the big fella, the Ravens are averaging just 65 rush yards per game on 17.8 attempts. That's a significant drop-off and an issue that Baltimore is going to have to figure out in a hurry. And lastly, I'd urge those of you who are banking on liftoff once J.K. Dobbins returns to temper expectations. Dobbins is just seven weeks removed from his arthroscopic knee follow-up procedure, and he's likely going to be on a pitch count upon activation. This team, flat out, simply put, needs more from Gus Edwards and Kenyon Drake in the meantime.
2: And before we fly, some other quick news items that you need to know. Beginning with this from John Harbaugh, who recently surprised Ravens safety Chuck Clark with his Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year award candidacy. He's been an advocate
5: for youth sports. Okay? Regularly attends high school games, youth games, promoting play 60. To expand the efforts, he's established a, an outreach fund. It's aimed to impact and serve those in need and inspire the lives of young people, all right? Annually, through his fund, he hosts back-to-school distributions for students in his hometown. And here in Baltimore, donates bikes for Christmas. And earlier this spring, he joined uh, the Ravens and recognizing 38 fire stations. Big supporter of all the other teammates' charities. Uh, one of the best guys that you ever want to meet. Heck of a football player, Chuck Clark.
4: <laughs> for real, I, it, this is a big honor for real. Um, I had a conversation yesterday at a Craig's event and he was just saying, why do you do some of the things that you do? It? And I was just like, man, we, we in a position to be blessed, you know? So why not give back when we got the opportunity when we can? So it's real, right? For real. I mean, I saw a lot of us when came from, um, you know, tough upbringings and stuff. So, like I said, just be, be able to get out there and do things. Man, that's I really got
2: Elsewhere, The year Marlon Humphrey is having needs more attention. He's now notched three sacks, three interceptions. He's allowed no touchdowns and has a 59.2 passer rating when targeted. And it's no coincidence that Humphrey was out of the game when the Ravens had defensive collapses against the Dolphins and Jaguars. Also, ESPN's Ed Werder reported that the Cowboys have concerns after Odell Beckham Jr.'s physical that his recovery from his torn ACL has not progressed enough to ensure that he would play before mid-January, and the possibility exists signing him would have no benefit until the 2023 season. And if that's the case, that kills my interest in signing him this season, which I've been advocating since August.
1: Thanks for listening to the Morning Ravens Vault, a podcast unaffiliated with the team. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please tap that follow button and share it with a friend. You can also catch us on YouTube by searching Ravens Vault Podcast.
2: And we'd love to hear from you with comments, questions, or if you'd be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. So that's all the time we've got today, but be sure to check out our instant reaction to Ravens Broncos if you haven't already done so.